0: hello this is pastor cory Irman. you're listening to my podcast i hope it blesses encourages and inspires you i pray that the holy spirit will touch you through this teaching thank you for tuning in and god bless psalm 91 verses 1 and 2 says he who dwells in the secret place of the most high shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. That's that secret place we've been talking about today. The secret place. You know, when you have a secret, you're very careful with who you share it with, don't you? You don't wanna share your secrets with anybody. So it's a very intimate, very personal place that you go with the Lord. It's a secret place. It's a holy place. But it's also a place where God shares his secrets with you. He's also very protective. He's a jealous God, he's very protective of revelation. He doesn't just cast his pearls before swine. He's very careful, very protective The presence of God was protected under the Old Testament. Even when Adam and Eve sinned, they were put out of the Garden of Eden, and God placed two cherubim. These are special angels or creatures that we find that protect the glory of God. And the way back into the Garden was protected, and there was two flaming swords that would protect the way. It wasn't to protect man from God. It was to protect God from man, a holy God, establishing a very important principle that a sinful man cannot come into his presence. I mean, if you just spend a whole day cleaning your house and somebody shows up with dirty, muddy boots and you're going to just let them walk right in, ladies, absolutely not. You're like, no, 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 you're not coming in until you get cleaned up. That's the same way. God protects his presence. And it's actually very important to understand that God actually doesn't send people to hell. He just cannot allow sinful people into heaven because heaven is holy, because it's where his presence is revealed fully. Here he just reveals his presence to us I mean, literally, he just puts one drop on you and you're a wreck. Can you imagine going to heaven? That's why we're going to have to have glorified bodies when we get to heaven because we cannot literally function. No flesh shall glory in his presence. We cannot go to heaven with these fleshly, carnal, mortal bodies. That's why we will receive heavenly bodies at the resurrection, the rapture. So that we can actually walk on the streets of gold, not crawl, around on the streets of gold, you know. But we'll be able to be in the presence of God. So God protects His presence. He doesn't just allow anyone into His presence. That's why you see under the Old Testament, when some men went in to offer strange fire before the Lord, fire came out from the presence of God and consumed them. A man touched the Ark of the Covenant, representing the glory of God, he died. And it kind of set a very important principle for us to understand that God actually protects his presence. He doesn't just share it so casually. And sometimes I think because we are now under the New Testament, we've been cleansed by the blood of Jesus. We've been made righteous the way is open and we can come into the presence of God. But we should never forget to take his presence for granted and come casually. Just because he's made freely his presence available to us, it's free but not cheap. There is a price to pay. That means we have to come with a worthy heart, worthy attitude. Seeking to dwell in the secret place of the Most High. Notice it says to dwell, not visit. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge, my fortress, my God. In Him I will trust. He is a refuge. He's a hiding place. He'll hide you in the cleft of the rock. As His (laughs) glory passes by, He said to Moses, You cannot see my face and live. You'll see my backsides. And He just saw a trail of glory. And as God made his goodness pass before him, but now under the new covenant, we can see him face to face, the Bible says. Looking as in a mirror, beholding the glory of the Lord, being changed from glory unto glory into the very image of Christ. You can see Jesus and live. You'll feel like you're gonna die, but you will live. That's what happened to me on november 12 1995 when the lord jesus stood in front of me held his hands out i could not bear to look at him i looked at him for a split second and i fell at his feet trembling with a holy fear too awesome of a sight i thought if i look at him any longer i might die it's just the awesomeness of god it's just the awesomeness of god So last week I talked about the power of praise. Man, we had amazing praise in the morning, even more at night. Two and a half hours of just people just getting free, just dancing and running. It, it was just amazing. Hallelujah. You can continue to play, that was good. Hallelujah. But praise leads us to worship. And I want you to understand the relationship between the two. Even though they may seem similar, they are different. Praise is seeking God. Worship is being found by Him. Praise and worship are related but very different activities and experiences. Praise is always initiated by us. Worship is God's response as His presence comes in. Praise is what we do, worship is what God releases. Because without His presence, worship is just mechanical, it's ritual. So, there's a response that overflows when His presence comes in and we are just in His awe. We see the beauty of His holiness. All we can do is just, oh, I love you, Lord. I worship you. I thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Sometimes, there were times I just said, thank you, Jesus, for an hour. And I felt like I didn't thank Him enough. I couldn't stop it because it just was an overflow, I wasn't forced. It was a response. When you have his presence, everything changes. Praise is like building a house for God. Worship is God moving in. (laughs) Psalm 100 verse 4 says, enter into his gates with thanksgiving. And into his courts with praise be thankful unto him bless his name so that's how you enter in thanksgiving and praise gets you in and this is actually talking about the layout of what was original the tabernacle of Moses later the temple of Solomon basically there were three There There was the outer court. So there's the gate that leads you into the open courtyard. But once you came into the courtyard, there was the building, the sanctuary, the holy place. And then inside, even in the deeper place, the most holy place, the holy of holies. That's where the glory of God was. And it was shut up in there and people couldn't see it, couldn't experience it. Didn't have access to it. Now we have access to it. So coming into the sanctuary, that hiding place, that refuge, that fortress in a sense, where God protects his presence, but gives us access, only if we come with thanksgiving and praise. You can't come with an attitude. You can't come with a sour attitude. You can't come with an ungrateful heart. You can't come complaining and expect God's presence, right? but when you begin to praise him for who he is, what he's promised and what he's done. Giving thanks in advance for his promises. Not waiting for it to manifest, but giving thanks in advance. That's what faith does. It takes faith to come into God's presence. So you give thanks in faith for what he's promised and you also continue to thank him for what he's already done. Never forget what he's done. Because a lot of times, Christians forget what He's done. They forget the amazing things God's done in their life, the victories, the blessings, the provision, the healings, and then they, get, they take their eyes off of the goodness of God and they focus on the negative things and they start murmuring, right? Anybody ever been there? And You know how the Holy Spirit felt so grieved. Never forget what He's done. Bible says, forget not all of His benefits who forgives you of all your iniquities, heals all your diseases, redeems your life from destruction, crowns you with glory and honor, satisfies your mouth with good things and a long life. Think about all those things. You have, that's what you have to meditate on and be thankful. Be thankful. Always be thankful that gets you in through the gate. Then praise, praise Him for who He is, De- declaring the greatness of God, His character, His amazing qualities, declaring, praising His various names, Savior, Healer, Deliverer, Protector, Provider, all the things that He is. And then praise Him for what He's done. Praise him for what he's done. Praise him for what he's going to do. And you know what he's going to do because his word declares it. He leaves no doubt in his word about what he's going to do. He's already told us. And by faith, we take a hold of the promises of God and praise him for what he's promised. And the more you praise him for what he's promised, the more manifestation of those promises Fulfillment of those promises you'll see in your life. Thanksgiving gets you through the gate. Praise gets you through the courts. And then you come into that holy place. But there's no light except what comes from the Word and the Spirit. The glory of God. And you're overwhelmed by His presence and all you can do is Worship Him and respond to His glory. So worship really becomes a response in a sense. So you can initiate praise, but worship becomes a response. Bible says God dwells in the praises of His people. So what happens, His presence comes to that atmosphere of praise and then you experience His presence and you respond and worship. Because what is worship? It's like a wow. It's a wow moment. Like Job said, I had heard of thee by my hearing but now that my eyes see of thee. Oh, <laughs> You just bowed his face to the ground and worshiped. God responds to people who have a deep hunger for him. Those who diligently seek him. He's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. The eyes of the Lord go to and fro about the earth, seeking, seeking who? seeking worshipers. As Jesus said, the hour is coming. It's even here now that the true worshipers will worship Him, the Father, in spirit and in truth. Not on this holy mountain, not on in Jerusalem, not here at the temple, not here there, not in a tent, wherever they are. Worship Him in spirit and in truth. True worshipers. So there is a true worship if there's a true worship, there must also be a false worship. There's false worship in all false religions. There's also false worship in the religious Christendom. Formalism, rituals, legalism. Having a form of godliness, denying the power of it with no presence. And so it's a form, no presence, nothing fills it. God doesn't feel that. Like Jesus said to the Pharisees, because of the traditions of your elders, you have made the Word of God of no power. So there's no power that comes because of that ritualism. How many of you remember your past days maybe in a very ritualistic, religious, Christian life and all of a sudden like a whole new realm opened up to you when you discovered that you can actually have access to the presence of God and experience the presence of God come on everything changed everything changed Psalm 42 verses 1 and 2 as the deer pants for streams of water so my soul pants pants thirst for you oh my God my soul thirsts for God for the living God When can I go and meet with God? When can I go and meet with God? God responds to people who have a deep hunger and a thirst for Him. And something happens when you begin to worship and minister to the Lord, because worship is ministering to Him, because it's a response to His presence. In Acts chapter 13, verses 1 through 3, Now, in the church that was at Antioch, there were certain prophets and teachers, Barnabas, Simeon, who was called Niger, Lucius of Cyrene, Manan, who had been brought up with Herod the Tetrarch, and Saul. Watch this. As they ministered or worshipped the Lord, ministered to the Lord, worshipped the Lord and fasted, the Holy Spirit said, Now separate to me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. When having fasted and prayed, they laid their hands on them and sent them away. How many of you want to hear the voice of God? It's in that place of ministering to the Lord. Praise and worship brings you to the place of having the ability to hear the voice of God. When you're you're in an atmosphere, literally, you're immersed in the atmosphere of His presence and everything just fades away, hearing the voice of God becomes so much easier, clearer. When all the noise and all the other voices are shut off, it's just you and Him in that Place of intimacy, so close to where he's so close that he can breathe into your nostrils the breath of life. <laughs> and he doesn't have to shout, he can just whisper. There's still some small voice of the Lord, just like the prophet. You know, he looked for the voice in the thunder, he looked for the voice in the whirlwind, he looked for the voice in the earthquake wasn't there but then he goes into that cave and then there's that whisper the still small voice that breeze the gentle breeze of the Spirit of God so cultivate that relationship with the Lord cultivate that you heard from Bryson as a young man how he just pressed in because it's not going to happen to someone that comes casually Okay, God, I got two minutes. Quickly, I'm waiting for my order at the uh, drive-through. It's not a, this is not Mech Revival. Give me three rolls and a shake, and I best be going on my way. We got microwave Christianity these days. That's the problem, why many people can't hear God's voice. They just rushed in and out like a herd of cattle, I'm sorry to say, into buildings. We're not cattle, we're his sheep. And his sheep know his voice. And the voice of a stranger they don't follow. So it's that place of intimacy, place of revelation, place of Encounter that's the place we call the secret place. It's your secret place. Please find your secret place and dwell there. Don't just visit it once in a while. He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty, the shadow of His wings, the shadow. And that's actually talking about the cherubim whose wings overshadowed the throne of God. So you actually dwell right there under the shadow. That same shadow that came on Mary when Jesus was conceived. Holy Spirit will overshadow you and a miracle will happen in your life so whatever miraculous work of God is going to happen in your life when the presence of God just overshadows you and your life is hidden in Christ there's mm, <laughs> nothing like it once you've tasted that nothing else satisfied you can't go back to dead religion You lose your taste for that. We got people just feeding on junk food and they think it's like a seven course gourmet organic meal. But when you get a taste of the right stuff you don't want to eat the junk. It's just like here in America the three staples of diet sugar, fat and salt. All three bad for you. But people are addicted because that's what they've been fed. And I feel like the same thing goes in the church. Whatever happens in the world comes into the church. Sugar, fat, salt. So we want to be very organic here. Everything is, has to be organic for me. It has to be organic. It can't be fake. It can't be manufactured can't be manu- Nothing can be manufactured in this church. It has to come organically. It has to come by the spirit of God. the unadulterated word of God, no, no additives. You don't like the taste of it, you want more sugar. I'm sorry. It's coming a little stronger today. It might a little be bitter, a little bitter, but it's going to feed you. they just want sugar pastor give me sugar cotton candy give me give me sugar give me popcorn show me a movie i'll just let the holy ghost do it and sometimes it is very sweet like honey his word is like honey but then sometimes his word is like chastisement It's not fun to be chastised by the Word of God, but the Bible says it's good for us to be chastised, right? Because even though it might be hard, but it will yield the peaceable fruit of righteousness in our lives because we don't want to be off. Because later on, we'll suffer even greater pain if we don't receive the correction. understand that so actually as a father chastises his child so does a loving Heavenly Father chastises us by the word but it all always comes with conviction not condemnation he doesn't come to beat you up he comes to convict you and and show you a better way and then gives leaves you the choice hey there's a more excellent way right it's like um. Uh, Priscilla and Aquila, they took Apollos aside and the Bible says they showed him a more excellent way because he was preaching but a bit coming out of the law he was a bit harsh it was the word but it, they said, look there's a more excellent way the Holy Spirit will always show you a more excellent way the purpose of the conviction is always to lead you in a more excellent way Help you make the adjustments so you can live the fullness of what God has for you. It's because he loves you. Hallelujah. He loves you so much. Wonderful Jesus. Thank you for tuning into my podcast. I hope that you have been blessed. I would like for you to consider two things. Number one, subscribe to our show to receive notifications of our new podcasts. Number two, support our ministry of reaching the nations with revival by clicking on the link in the description or visiting our website, riverwpv.com. Thank you for tuning in. Look forward to you joining our next podcast. God bless you.